This is Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. Education of Hope Africa operates in Kakhiso in the West Rand. Portia Mbidi is Executive Director and has been extremely busy over the past month, assisting granny-headed households during the COVID-19 lockdown. The organization also supports adolescent mothers, many of whom are HIV positive and have TB, as well as young children who are no longer at school to get their daily meals. Portia, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Portia, tell me how you started Education of Hope Africa. Education of Hope Africa, it started in 2017. The main reason that made me to start with Education of Hope Africa as an orphan myself, I saw the need that I, I needed when my parents passed away. It became a child-headed family where I had to take care of my siblings and now have to do all those choices that my mother used to do for us. I had to do them for my siblings. So now, because uh, most of the people in the location or in the township, most of the people, they struggle a lot, a lot. It's messy. The demand is too much. When time went on after my studies and stuff like that, I just decided, said, no, I need to start an organization whereby I can start helping others. So Education of Hope just came. I just started to drafting stuff and now learning how to register an NPO and stuff like that. So I got on my feet, I registered, I did everything. So every time when I would get the internship works and stuff like that, I would save a little bit of money so that it helped me to do uh, whatever that I need to do for my organization. So when it came to me understanding how other people are in need of food, sanitary pads, like these minor things that you wouldn't even think the person might be in demand of. So it really took me back to how things were when my parents passed away. We had it all when my mom and my dad were alive. But after losing them, it really put me in those people's shoes that this is too much. The demand is too much. And that's when where you get uh, men take advantage of those young ones. You get what I'm saying? So Education of Hope started in 2017 in Kafiso. It was to track down the rate of HIV and AIDS among adolescent girls and young women. After that made me to understand and my story would relate to someone else. And then seeing the statistics of HIV in South Africa, it's just too much, it's becoming high. And most people who are affected with HIV are these young mothers and adolescent girls, whereby they sleep with these old men for them to, so that they can be able to provide for themselves and for the, or the grandmothers or whoever who they have to provide for in their house. So as Education of Hope Africa, we want to educate young mothers and young girls out there that your background or your situation, your circumstance, it does not determine who you are. If you have dreams and ambitions that you want to to fulfill in life, you have to focus. These people like Education of Hope Africa, organizations like Education of Hope Africa, that are willing to help those young girls and young mothers out there who are needing help. We really need to help 
each other. It starts with us here in the community. So that is how I started Education of Hope Africa. And then the rest is just history. How old were you when your parents passed away? And also, how many siblings do you have? Okay. When my parents passed away, I was just doing my first year of high school. And I was just 13, turning 14. My younger sister was 8, turning 9. My oldest brother was the 15, turning 16. And I've got three. We are three of us. I'm the second born. And then I've got three, my brother and my younger sister. The responsibility of you, uh, what happened to you? Um, how, did you how did you overcome the trauma of your parents? And as a young, young adult, maybe, how did you manage to... I think you used the expression, your, your circumstances, your circumstances don't determine you. How did you overcome that situation to go forward and help? I, I just, I just like to know a little bit more about that. Okay. It started like at school, there was time where when I was in school, there were, they did not give like sanitary pads. There was no feeding scheme whereby you could go and have something to eat. So, and my geography teacher, there was a day where I did not do my project. I was so exhausted to a point where I slept hungry, waking up, there's no bathing so I needed like all those kind of stuff. And I knew that I really need to go to school. So I just used water and wiped my face and off to school. When I get there to school, my geography teacher is looking for the uh, project that he said I must come and do. So like that day, it was just... One of those days where, like, I was not cooperating with teachers at all. I just had an attitude and stuff like that. So they had to sit me down and ask me, what is it? What is the, what's the problem? So I told them that I'm having challenges at home. When I get home, I must do all those choices at home, try to make sure that we've got food. If we don't have food in the house, I ask from the neighbors. Sometimes you even get that the neighbors, they get tired of me asking from them. They started saying, oh, what is it that you need uh, in in the house? How many are you? And stuff like that. They started being concerned and stuff like that. So I told them that we need, like, food. We need to be taken care of, like, how we we, we used to be taken care of with my mom and my dad when we were, they were alive. So they started giving doing these sanitary pegs at school for all the vulnerable children in the classes. And then they started having the feeding scheme whereby we get breakfast in the morning and then we get lunch in the afternoons. Like we get a lunch by uh, lunchtime. We go there, we get the food, we eat. And then those are the two meals that we used to have at school. So coming home, make sure that whatever that I have at school, I make sure that I don't finish it because my little sister is going to want to eat something. My brother would do wash people's cars, like wash people's turkeys, so that we are able to have something to eat. We are able to have those sanitary packs, roll-ons, and all those kind of accessories that we need to have in the house as on, on a daily basis. So after that, I saw that the need is too much, and whereby... I have friends who are living with their parents and having all those luxuries, all those luxuries that they, their parents can provide for them to a point where I even now communicate with some of my parents' friends. 
so that they can be able to assist me in the house with, uh, with the food and all those kind of stuff that we need. So that is how I was able to communicate and get assistance from other people. And the school really did play a really huge role in assisting us. So that is why I felt that I really need to finish school if I really want to have a brighter future and be someone in life. Portia, so you paying it forward, basically, with your education of Hope Africa um, NGO. And maybe in the next kind of remaining minute or two, you can just speak about what you have been doing during the lockdown. So ever since the lockdown was announced on the 27th of March, we as organization, we have been trying to uh, give out sanitary pegs to all those vulnerable ones, the young mothers, food for them. And we've been trying to apply some grants for all those South African citizenships who have not been, who don't have IDs and they have kids and those kids are not earning any grant monies for them. So we've been trying to assist them in, in, for them in, in that way so that they can be able to have some monies to be able to get whatever basic needs that they need in their homes. Ever since the lockdown started, we have just been cooperating with the, with this lockdown because it's been very, very, very demanding. And for some people who cannot even provide for themselves, we've been like, I've been asking around for old clothes that they've not been worn and shoes, blankets and stuff like that so that we can assist whoever that we can reach. Your guys' donation, it really helped us a lot because we were able to reach to 36 families, which in total of the people, there were 252 persons in those families whereby you can go in a family, you find there are seven in a shack, there's no food, it's cold, there's no blankets, kids are not even having clothes to wear. That is something that really touches me to a point where I don't want to see that thing continue anymore. If I am here as an organization that is willing to help and assist all those vulnerable ones. So now I've been trying to communicate with social development to assist them with distribution of medications for the defaulters around the communities of Kafiso. And then we need more funding to do this kind of stuff. I've been kept on hold for them, so I'm just waiting to hear from them how are they saying. And then I just want to make sure that by the time my daughter or the generation that comes before my daughter, they come in an environment where it's safer. It's, it's safer to say, I need help. I must not say I need help and I must pay for that help. So as an organization, we really, really uh, want to help whoever that we can help. We can, we are even wanting to go far as all over Africa. What do you would like to contribute to the cause? I know you received some funding from the Jewish Board of Deputies, which you requested a bit earlier. If anybody else would like to contribute to the maybe in terms of volunteering or um, clothes or monetary donations, 
What should they do? On our Twitter, we've got uh, our banking details there, and then my numbers are also there. We've got the WhatsApp uh, WhatsApp number. I've got also the Facebook page for Education of Hope. Whoever who's willing to donate with any little thing that you can give to us, that much we can appreciate to be able to reach to others. So our contacts, they'll be there on social media. Everything that you need to know about Education of Hope, it's there on social media. Whoever or whoever who's willing to help and assist us will be very much appreciating for that. And that's how you can get hold of us. My last question is, um, since the lockdown has eased, have things gotten better in your community? Not as really, because most people have lost their jobs, because you would see, you would find in a yard, maybe an auntie or a grandmother is working in, let's maybe say in Widmid, they are cleaning or they are domestic workers. So they have lost their income, and now they have to take care of their grandchildren, and the grandchildren has children now. You get what I'm saying? So it's that kind of scenarios that we are really facing. And to a point where some of those great grandchildren would sleep with their uncles and their, and their uncles give them key. You get what I'm saying? And it's not, it's something that it's not supposed to be said at all because that uncle was providing. So now because of those things are no longer there, that income is no longer there. It's really straining because I get a lot of teenagers who come here where I stay, like personally by my house, who come to me and tell me like, Posh, I need help. I don't have sanitary pegs. We, we don't have food. We don't have that. We don't have this. So whatever that I can have in my grocery cupboard, I can just grab maybe a tin fish or whatever it is that they can sleep with a full tummy and then the rest will see for the following day. So we're ending with this show on a message of absolute Ubuntu. So, Busha, thank you so much for joining me and carry on the incredible work that you do. Thank you very much, Sirius, for having me. And thank you for your assistance with the donation. I'm, I really appreciate everything that you guys did for us as an organization. And I'm really looking forward for more assistance from your guys because we really need to work together so that we can change the future of generations to come.